The rest of Mark 12 honestly feels like a theological debate, like a tournament. It's like the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and all the other teachers put word out to bring their best team and their most difficult questions to try to stump Jesus, to try to put him in his place. And yet, as you're about to find out, one person after the next steps up with their question, and Jesus just puts them right back down. Some stories are long, others are short, but as you read the chapter, you begin to realize what we knew all along, because Mark opened his gospel with it, that Jesus wasn't just another guy, but that he was truly the Messiah, the Christ, the one that the entirety of scripture points to. And the more people try to poke holes in that theory, the clearer it becomes that it's true. Welcome to Season 6 of Stories in Scripture, a podcast dedicated to telling the big story of the Bible one piece at a time. In this season, we are walking through Mark's Gospel. Our hope is that these short episodes would lead you into more, into a time of reading, reflection, prayer, whatever it is for you, the goal is that you let the amazing story about the Savior of the world transform the way you live out your life today. The Sadducees were next. Peter saw them coming before anyone else. A group had gathered together all day, watching, waiting, taking notes, prepping for the perfect time to pop out and talk. Teacher, they said to Jesus. Peter could tell he was growing tired of that term. Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife but no children, the man must marry the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. Now, there were seven brothers. The first one married and died without leaving any children. The second one married the widow, but he also died leaving no children. It was the same with the third. In fact, none of the seven left any children. Last of all, the woman died too. At the resurrection, whose wife will she be, since the seven were married to her? Jesus waited patiently for them to finish. Then he smirked to himself, almost as if he was expecting a much harder question. Are you not in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God? When the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. Now about the dead rising, have you not read in the book of Moses in the account of the burning bush how God said to him, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are badly mistaken. Most of these arguments had gone multiple rounds. This one was a first-round knockout. Peter watched as the Sadducees shrugged their shoulders and headed on back to their corner, arguing with each other for not coming up with something better. Meanwhile, the man who had been quiet all day, watching, waiting, and sneering at most of the answers, was ready to step forward. He was a teacher of the law and came toward Jesus with his shoulders back and his head held high. Of all the commandments, the man said, which is the most important? Jesus thought for a moment, and Peter could have sworn it was just to build suspense, 
The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. The rest of the religious leaders were indignant on the sideline, but Jesus and the teacher looked at each other with mutual respect. Well said, teacher. The man replied, satisfied with Jesus' answer, You are right in saying that God is one, and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. You are not far from the kingdom of God, Jesus responded to the man before he walked off. Then the man just smiled. He nodded to the rest of the religious leaders as if in warning that no one was to ask Jesus any more questions from here on out. Peter handed Jesus a wineskin full of water when he came back to the corner. The disciples were all staring at him in disbelief at what had just happened. But Jesus paid no attention to them. He was too busy staring at the spot where people gave their offerings. Many rich people were lined up, getting ready to throw in large amounts. But that's not what Jesus was staring at. Peter knew his rabbi well enough to know he was looking at the widow at the end of the line, patiently waiting her turn to give to the temple treasury. When she finally got to the front of the line, she walked up with a smile. Then bowing her head and offering a short prayer, she deposited two very small copper coins. Are you all watching this? Jesus asked his disciples. Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Mark gives us another really sweet juxtaposition here at the end of Mark 12. The whole chapter was about religious leaders trying to win, trying to beat Jesus, trying to expose Jesus, and then he ends it with a drastically different story. While we know from other texts that religious leaders love to even turn their giving into a spectacle, where they made a scene to show everyone just how generous they were, we see a picture of what true generosity really looks like and it's so scandalous that it catches Jesus's attention and I love that Jesus cares way more about highlighting it than he cares about celebrating his victory from the day the scene is a widow going to the temple to give she pulls out two small copper pennies the equivalent of a couple of cents and yet Jesus tells us it's all she has and in what seems to be nothing but joy and conviction she gives it to God out of all the major things that happen in Mark 12, and they are major, like, for example, Jesus summing up the entirety of the Bible in two simple laws, love God and love your neighbor as yourself, not to mention silencing the best and the brightest religious leaders of the day, the chapter seems to all be pointing to the generosity of the widow. That's the thing that really got the attention of Jesus. Not knowing a bunch of stuff about God, not having a bunch of knowledge that puffs up, the thing that catches Jesus' attention is action. 
It's this widow taking a step of faith and bringing what she has to the table. That is what true greatness looks like in the kingdom of God. It looks like humbly laying down your life, not worrying about what others think of you and giving what you got. Not to build your kingdom, but to build God's kingdom. I picture Jesus and all of heaven just going crazy and celebrating seeing this widow who wasn't playing the game to win, but was playing to make God's name famous. I get inspired by her. When it comes to praying and asking God what generosity looks like for me, not just with my money, but also with my time and the gifts God has given me, I don't know about you, but it makes me want to give it all for God, to just stop trying to earn it or worry about my own reputation or anything like that and instead live for God. That's the kind of stuff that gets the attention of heaven. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stories in Scripture. We hope Season 6 is bringing Mark's Gospel to life for you, and that this episode helped you see the bigger picture Mark is painting for us. If you are enjoying this podcast, we'd love for you to share it with your friends, and rating and review it goes a long way as well. We love getting to tell these stories and appreciate you coming along for the ride. So we'll see you next time for our next story.